Welcome to this archived LDN Research Trust conference presentation. We hope you enjoy it. My topic today will be to talk about modern diagnostic tests for chronic Lyme and co-infections because the co-infections came more and more to the focus worldwide, internationally. We all believe um, that we do antibody testings and antibodies are good, but the antibodies are not the best for Lyme disease because for Lyme disease it's really complicated to find the best antigens for um, the pathogen Borrelia burgdorferi. Borrelia burgdorferi is a, is a spirochete. It can move everywhere into, in your body and it can do a lot of pain, a lot of other issues, um, you could get hair loss, for example. You get, could get autoimmune disorders. It makes a lot of these problems. And this slide wants to show you that the sensitivity means the false negative percentage is a very high one. We have a lot of studies behind that. But the normal health insurances just pay the ELISA technique. But the ELISA technique is not sufficient enough to detect chronic Lyme patients. So you miss up to 60% of chronic Lyme patients. We have some studies also about Western blots. Western blot is a confirmation test in chronic Lyme. If you have a positive ELISA, then you confirm the antibodies by Western blot. But Western blot has just 17% sensitivity. So we miss uh, up to 80% of our patients. And they are misdiagnosed. And they suffer for years, decades of years. is a tragedy. So this is a big issue for all of us in the medical field to, co to care for Lyme patients. This is to show you what I've talked about. Do you trust in the HIV ELISA? If you want to check yourself for HIV, you do ELISA. The ELISA is really a good one. But for Lyme disease, it's horrible. It fails. It's 500 times more false negative, we name it. 500, uh, you would never trust an HIV ELISA in this context. So forget about the ELISA. Don't do it by your general practitioner. That's not the key in diagnosing chronic Lyme disease. What we are doing now more and more um, is an antibody testing by a modern Western blot. It's named a microarray. I don't know if you've heard about this technique. It's coming up more and more in laboratories in the world, uh, especially in Europe. And very important is also to check your patients for sensus stricto, garinii, and afzeliae. The sensus stricto is especially for joint arthritis. The garinii makes chronic fatigue, or you name it in Scotland, ME, myalgic encephalomyelitis, whatever it is. And the afzeliae makes uh, the skin problems. So we have the three main subspecies. But we have a lot of other different subspecies in Lyme or in Lyme-like illness. We have now the Mayamotoi. I don't know if you have heard about this. Mayamotoi makes a recurrent fever and joint muscle pain. And the ticks, the ticks are full of this Mayamotoi. Yesterday we had in London an interesting presentation by a veterinarian. Uh, more and more Mayamotoi cases, four they have documented in England, never documented before. Mayamotoi is a Japanese name, so um, you think it's in Japan. No, we have it in Europe already. Imported infections. You bring your dog to Japan, you bring the dog back, and then you have Mayamotoi in your own garden maybe, and then you got infected by a tick bite. Nobody knows about that. That's really an issue for the future. Um, the next challenge for us 
is that these pathogens, like Borrelia, they try to protect. They are doing round bodies. Round bodies, you heard about that? What is a round body? We name it better a pleomorphic form. Here, that's a round body. It has a double membrane. We did a lot of studies on that with a Finnish group. And the double membrane, this is not the spirochete. This is a spirochete. This is Borrelia burgdorferi. You know about it. A spirochete, like a snake moving your body. But the round body, this is also a spirochete. That's Borrelia burgdorferi. It's a protection, protection mechanism, protection, intracellular protection. The macrophages cannot destroy it. We have the SNPs. We have different models about that now. So. What does it mean? Protection. It's, it's intelligent. The pathogen Borrelia is a very intelligent one. We have also next problem. You see it here, the green color. These are the biofilms. So our therapies aim internationally more and more the biofilms. What is a biofilm? Biofilm is a slime. If you have, for example, um, some sinusitis, you spit out biofilms. Polymucosaccharides, it's named, okay? You spit it out, what does it mean for therapies? That's protection, what is a biofilm? Communication, quorum sensing, it's named, chatting rooms. They chat to each other. These are very intelligent uh, pathogens. So they have two very important protection mechanisms. One is the biofilm for the spirochete Borrelia burgdorferi and the round body. And so our therapies have to aim that. You cannot destroy a pathogen with these conditions. You have to reach it, and then you have to, you have to hit it. This international work, a uh, lot of groups are doing now in America. So why don't we check these patients for round body antibodies? Why not? We never did this, but now we do it. We have now the new TICPLEX basic. I don't want to promote this. This is a certified test by Professor Gilbert developed uh, during a European scientific project uh, last five years ago. So these round body antibodies brings us a very high sensitivity, up to 18, 90%. We can find now Borrelia round body antibodies. But the doctors don't know about that. If you, in the guidelines, we all believe in the guidelines. But if you believe in a guideline, you get lost in this. Uh, you, need, you need a never lost system, navigation system. The guidelines should guide you, nothing else. But please be intelligent and use your own guidelines and your own brain about this. Um, where I'm focused more and more the last years is the T-cellular immune reactions. Um, you heard it maybe in, in America, some of my presentations about that. The T-cells. Um, antibodies are B-cellular immune reactions, but we are checking now for the T-cellular immune re uh, reactions. It became prominent by uh, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis is not reacting on the antibodies, but on the T-cells. So we check more and more by the Th1 system. Th1 system, also the balance, Th1, Th2 system is very important. This is a T-cellular immune reaction. We forgot it in laboratory medicine in the last years. The next challenge are for us the natural killer cells. Maybe you have heard it from HIV infection. Natural killer cells play a very important role if you have a chronic infection with HIV. And uh, natural killer cells are the last step when your immune system is breaking down. So we monitor and we diagnose more and more patients with CD57 cells. Not CD56, they have also the marker CD56, but they have also the marker on the surface. They belong to the T lymphocytes, this subpopulation, CD57. And they are low if you have a patient with chronic pain. You can do it, I guarantee if it's low. I swear, I say to you, your patient is 
longer than one year sick. That's my first message. And the second message, your patient has pain. And all of the doctors, I don't know the patients, but say, yes, you're correct. Why do you, how do you know? Because a cytokine storm market, it's an inflammation market, like a CRP, but a chronic, after a year, it's going down. It doesn't tell you, is it now chronic Lyme disease, or chronic chlamydia, or chronic mycoplasma, or whatever. It's a chronic bacterial marker. If you're interested, I have a lot of data about this. And this is so important. And also in autistic children, we have a study from Professor Merle, Kenny Merle is very active with some other therapies, LDN, I don't know, but he, he does a lot with autistic children in Brussels. And he um, did a study with autistic children. All children, 80, 90% had low CD57 cells. Why? Maybe there's an infection behind. Maybe, maybe Borrelia, maybe mycoplasma, maybe chlamydia. These are all intracellular infections. So this is an example for the Borrelia early spot. What we are doing, we're checking now more and more these patients um, with the lymphocyte function, antigen 1. This is highly associated with autoimmune disorders. If you have LFA1 positive, you can say, oh, this patient, I have to look for autoimmune disorders. This uh, rheumatoid specialist, uh, they know it, but um, not the normal GP. They don't know about this. LFA1 is lymphocyte function, antigen 1. Very important antigen because Borrelia has a mimicry effect. It can mimic the immune system, and then you have um, the uh, autoimmune disorder. That's also a problem, and then maybe you have a rheumatoid arthritis. You have a, a CCP antibody, or some do a rheumatoid factor. We do antinuclear antibodies and vasculitis, ANCA. It's a very important marker to check. Also, Bartonella is doing vasculitis. So the whole system is inflamed. Chlamydia is doing. And we know a lot of these pathogens are doing autoimmune disorders. And then we come into the field, LDN, how to block it. You know, what, what should we do now with this patient? Therapist, I'm no therapist in this field. You're the experts. So the LTT, or better name it, Elispot. It's for gamma release assay. Um, the sensitivity is always discussed. We have around 84%. So you will not find 100% of your patients with a test. That's impossible, but over 80% is good. Professor Jack Lambert confirmed this data exactly. He found out 17% had antibodies against Lyme disease, but 86% showed positive early spots in his chronic Lyme patients in University of Dublin. It's smart University. And this is a, a, uh, from a book, and uh, this book uh, from Lehman and others uh, tells us we should do, we should look at the antibodies and we should look at the T cells. Don't forget the T cell analytics. The T cells are two testings are two, uh, 20 up to 100 fold more sensitive than the antibody testings. That's, we know that. So please check both sides and check here also the CD57 cells. And now we have a good diagnostic tool. Everybody says we, we need better diagnostic tools for Lyme disease. We have the better diagnostic tools, but we should care for it. We should look for T cells and for B cells. So this is the data about that. Specificity is very high. The antigens are very high. This is the study from Professor Lambert. It shows you exactly what I've talked about. So forget about the antibodies in Lyme disease. You can do that for if you're satisfied with it. Do the T-cellular analysis for it. Please do it, like in tuberculosis. We come back, tuberculosis. So why should we not check for Lyme disease? The Elispot is now more and more interestingly uh, available. 
for me also a very interesting field now to check for Miyamoto. We have patients. That, uh, I think it's around 2 to 4% Miyamoto is positive. It's very important for therapies to know if Miyamoto is doing joint muscle arthritis also, how to defeat this Miyamoto. It's not Borrelia burgdorferi, it's Borrelia Miyamoto. We find a lot of patients now with active Bartonella, Hensele infections. We find a lot of patients with Babesia, Mycroti. Babesia is like malaria infection. We find Mycoplasma. We have a lot of viruses, EBV, CMV. They all make arthritis. All of these viruses can make arthritis. For example, also you use your LDN in this patient, for sure, without knowing that they're suffering from an infection. So, so long the infection is active, you cannot cure the patient, correct? You have to destroy the pathogen, huh? and you can measure that. You can measure it by lytic antigen for EBV. Perfect test, transplantation medicine is working with, who knows about. So we are fighting now for the T-cellular testings, and uh, I will be presenting that. This is an overview. You can get it outside, uh, showing you all of these methods. We have in laboratory medicine. Um, the modern laboratory medicine is not bad, but we have to, or we should improve that. The next years, it's a, it's a workflow. We are not in Star Trek here. Maybe uh, Dr. Pill is coming in a few years and say we do something here on your arm, and we know LDN was not a good, uh, it was a period you did it, but now the LDN time is over. We have now the wonder truck or whatever, but uh, Bill Gates um, said also we have uh, maybe a superbug, and a superbug can destroy us if you hear the messages the last two days about newspapers. So something is threatening us, some mutation. We are threatened and by the planes traveling everywhere around. So next, um, co-infections. I want to give a short talk, time is running away, about Babesia, Bartonella, Ehrlichia. A tick is a dirty needle. If you have a tick bite, it need not to be Borrelia. It need not to be Lyme disease. Lyme disease is overdiagnosed, but also misdiagnosed. The truth is always in the middle of medicine. We have Rickettsia infections in the ticks. We have Mycoplasma in the ticks. And we have a lot of opportunistic virus infections in the patients. What we can see. Um, sorry, one slide back. Bartonella testings, you can do antibodies for IgG, IgM. They are not so sufficient, but this Elispot is again, it's more sensitive. You find some of these patients with Bartonella infections, let me say around 8 to 10 percent. The ticks are infected with uh, Borrelia, uh, Bartonella. Uh, it's Hensele, Quintana. We have a lot of other different subspecies. We cannot test for that. That's a little problematic. But Bartonella, Hensele, Elispot, uh, if you have a cat, um, avoid the cats. The cats can scratch you. This is a cat scratch disease. Um, or there are ticks on the cats, and, the, and this is problematic also for tick bites. Babesia, we have also the Elispot now to check. We have the IgG, IgM antibodies, which are not so sensitive. For chlamydia, it's a perfect test by the IgA. If you have suspicion uh, with, a, with a sore throat or with a, a chronic fatigue or ME or joint arthritis, chlamydia was found in rheumatoid arthritis in America in a big study, and they treated with antibiotics, and 50% of the patient got cured with rifampin, metronidazole, and some other antibiotics with rheumatoid arthritis patients. Because chlamydia pneumonia, the aerogen transmitted pathogen, is in the joints. It is in the joints. It's a passive transport mechanism into the joints. So we do now the IgA, which is very important. IgA. Always do an IgA test, immune globulin A, not the IgM. IgM is systemic at the beginning. Of, we have the chronic infection. If you have an IgA test, please do the IgA, not the IgM. 
IgG is long persistent, it's not so interesting. We do the IgA and do the early spot for the T cellular, and then you will find your patients with active infections, I swear. This is what I daily see with hundreds of patients. Mycoplasma, the same. Mycoplasma, please do IgA testing. Always IgA, take home message. Ask your laboratory, can you do IgA? If not, forget it, in chronic, not in acute. If you work in a hospital, do your IgM. In chronic, don't do IgM, doesn't make any sense. Mycoplasma Elispot. Elispot is really helpful, additional tool. Don't forget the Elispot if it's available. So, next slide. Um, Epstein-Barr virus. This is so important to look at early antigens. If you have a laboratory doing the early antigens for reactivated or chronic infections, a lot of these patients have this sore throat. A lot of patients have this uh, ME, have uh, arthritis. It's a very, uh, very common symptom. And um, they have a fatigue. They all have fatigue with it. And uh, it's immune controlled um, in the lymphatic system and it destroys the mitochondria. So we have a direct connection to the functional medicine, mitochondropathies, environmental medicine uh, with the toxins. And in your field, you use the LDN again very successfully, maybe without knowing that EBV is active. So you can come forward if maybe you check it, and if it's active, you treat the EBV infection, and then you have really a good tool to uh, defeat the pathogen and to destroy it. That has to be, and to increase our immune system. All infections are immune triggered. You can ask all of your patients. You can ask, do you have more stress? Do you have more symptoms? It's like influenza. You, you don't feel very well during influenza time, and influenza depends on the immune system. Older people, stressing factors, have a lot of stress. And then you get all of these reactivations, all of this stuff. Maybe it's Borrelia, maybe it's Chlamydia, maybe. This is a job normally uh, to find out by therapists. Cytomegalovirus, um, this is a virus, interestingly, very high associated um, with multi-chemical sensitivity. If you have a patient with multi-chemical sensitivities, please check the patient for cytomegalovirus, and you will find it. I would say in 80% in Spain. Very, I had a discussion with Martin Paul about this and Professor Ray, the fathers of this uh, functional medicine group. Please do that, and you will find it. The more you look, the more you find this always in medicine, in laboratory. The herpes simplex. Herpes simplex virus, herpes of the lips, don't underestimate this. We have a high association now also with the Parkinsonism. And um, I have also the couples. They reinfect each other by sharing classes. The herpes simplex of the lips. And one partner is immune competent. The other partner is not immune competent. And if you treat just one with LDN, for example, uh, and not the other one with LDN or other therapies, then they can reinfect each other. Nobody's caring for that. And we have silent carriers. We have so many patients. Um, the husband is fine and the wife is sick because the wife has a weak immune system. Maybe it's uh, epigenetics, genetics, we don't know actually. But uh, this is fact. This is truly fact what we see each day in our clinics. Every day, every day. I have contact with hundreds of therapists worldwide and they all confirm this, you know. And you can check this patient easily by IgA and you can do the new LA spot now. Very easy to check. Varicella soster virus. You heard about the study with 24,000 patients now coming up, 24,000 varicella soster. You think herpes soster, or oh, I have a little pain and that's it. No, it's chickenpox. But if you have herpes soster virus, 49% of the patients, they all got apoplectic strokes and 59% got the heart attacks. So you see why? 
arteritis. Arteritis is a big monthly center study. So we checked more and more for chickenpox and herpes zoster. You, don't, you need not to have uh, herpes zoster, um, this segmental pain, but it's in the deep. It's in the deep. The patients have IgA. I don't know why. They represent IgA, active cytophoractis virus replication, and the ILISPOT is positive. The ILISPOT is very high positive in viruses. In bacterial infection, it's a, a lower results we find. This is my favorite now. I am coming to the end. Coxsackie virus. This is, I'm really shocked. How many patients in the world suffering from active Coxsackie virus infections? In the families. Why? We check it by IgA. And what is it doing? You think, oh, it's an enterovirus, it makes some diarrhea, it doesn't matter. Hmm, I, I would not agree with that. I don't know why so many, uh, they all come with the question, do I have Lyme disease, I mean, or not? And I say, no, you don't have Lyme disease, you have an enterovirus infection, that's your problem. And it makes a lot of these problems. Um, it makes, for example, um, the insulin-dependent diabetes type 1. So if you diagnose very early, if you destroy at the beginning, when you are on the way with the pancreatitis by this virus, then you can maybe prevent this patient getting diabetes mellitus type 1. There's a chance for the patient. We have studies about that. The next is I see a lot of patients with a transversa myelitis. This is MS. MS patients, they use the cell phones here on the ear, which is also not so good with electromagnetic fields. They have a lot of neurological symptoms with this enterovirus, and they have some have herb angina. Nobody's looking at that. Nobody, no doctors looking into the mouth, no doctors inspecting it. Why? You have some blisters sometimes here. But they have active Coxsackie virus infection. And if you treat them, you improve them. You can improve them, surely. And a lot of arthritis, chronic fatigue is associated. You see it here, diarrhea, cough, fatigue, conjunctivitis, headache, night sweats. These are all the symptoms, and it's coming and going. And heart rhythm, the Bornholm disease. The doctors don't know what is the Bornholm disease. If you say Bornholm disease, yeah, Bornholm disease, Coxsackie B1. Do you have heart rhythm disturbances from time to time? And but nobody's checking it. It's a virus infection. And then they get uh, some um, arrhythmic therapies, which you can do. It's symptomatic therapy, but the virus is still active. And it can make also myocarditis, and you can die by that. So it's, so it's not so funny about this device. Check it with the IgA. Cheap testings, 40 euro. Then you know B1 subtype A7 or A16 you can check. It's very easy to check this. So all of these symptoms um, are overlapping. We don't have a specific symptom for it. We cannot say now we have an ME. What is it? It can be some of these. You have to find out yourself. That's the job of the doctors. Differential, differential diagnosis, infectious diseases specialist. You will find a lot of these symptoms overlapping. But in the complexity of the symptoms, um, the infection gets a very high probability that you suffer from this infection. And this is the end of my story today. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you for listening to this presentation. All past conference presentations can be found on our website, www.ldnresearchtrust.org.